Welcome to the Art and Science of Joy podcast. This podcast is all about inspiring people to live more joyfully. So if you're seeking a bit more joy in your own life or seeking to bring some more joy to the lives of others, then this podcast could well be for you. And in the second series of the podcast, we're focusing on joy's superpowers, special powers each and every one of us can cultivate and use in our lives. And I'm Andrew Cannon, and I have the honor to be your host. In each episode, I'll be inviting our guests to share their words of wisdom on a specific joy superpower, whether that's in relation to personal growth, genuine belonging, positive impact, or simply having fun. And welcome to episode two. Today, I'm going to be talking with David and Traitor, and we're going to be exploring the superpower of storytelling. But first of all, a few words about David. David studied music theory and composition, as well as physics at Harvard, and has had a long career as a creative director in the world of advertising. As a founder of the creative organization, David provides seminars and workshops to help individuals and organizations meet the creative and communication challenges of the 21st century. And as founder and president of Smarter Storytelling, David helps people tell their own stories in ways that are strategic, authentic, and emotional. Welcome, David. It's a pleasure to have you on the show today. Well, thank you for having me, Andrew. Andrew, I look forward to our chat. Yeah, it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. You know, we're, we're going to dive around a bit talking about different things, but, but let's sort of kick off with sort of talking about creativity and, and what that means. And maybe where we start is with your own creative journey and, and what inspired you to go oh, down wow. Yeah. Well, creativity is a, a big topic, and I think it's misunderstood. Okay. But I will um, take a stab at providing a rather simple uh, definition. I think creativity is about making things. And the reason I bring that up is often when you hear about creativity, when it's written about, when lectures are given, it's discussed in terms of a certain mood that I think one hopes to achieve, some sort of feeling of infinity of freedom mm -hmm. of sort of going out i'm going to be creative something wacky and wild some lack of limitations and i think it certainly is a very appealing dream that one would be in this creative world one sort of floating and free uh i guess one could say that's part of the creative act but a very small part of the creative act but with that said so creativity is about making things. So um, as far as my journey goes, I guess the earliest thing that I was making was music. I uh, started playing the clarinet when I was a little boy in mm -hmm. school and um, actually moved on from that to the bassoon. Oh, great. Forever. And, and, and was quite good at it and got totally hooked on music. And then in college, uh, I was in the classical scene, uh, but we're just hanging out with the jazz musicians and they had a different approach to things. And this idea of improvisation and being able to pick up your horn and just blow seemed very appealing to me. It was very different from sitting and reading notes off of a, off of a chart. So I got into that and I've been playing the saxophone, the tenor saxophone ever since and performing and recording as long along with obviously working in the advertising business and now helping companies with communications of all sorts and teaching um, storytelling business storytelling and creative techniques and so forth so um i've been making music all my life once i got into the ad world i was making a lot of ads i was making commercials i was making uh, artistic pieces, uh, editing along the way. And so I've been living a kind of creative life. I'm always making stuff. And I think there is a certain degree of joy that one gets from doing that, or at the very least, a kind of satisfaction overall. So I would, uh, I would recommend it to your listeners. Go out there and make something. Go out there and make that. But let me pull you back to the core question, this, or the core statement that you said at the beginning, right? That it's about making things, making stuff. Yeah. And so the question I have in my mind then is who defines whether something is creative or not? Is it the person creating it? 
So everybody who blows into a trumpet is creative or is it dependent upon the person perceiving and receiving what is made? Mm. I would narrow, uh, let's say a successful creative endeavor as to one in which you actually have created rules and you work within those rules. I mean, one thing that people don't understand about most creative work is it's extremely rule-driven. Right, because we all have the opposite view, right? We always think of you well, creative wrong, people yeah. as being totally unruly, that, you know, everybody well, else unruly, suffers yeah, by yeah. these rules and you can go out and do anything you like, right? That's the impression well, you get. Well, what you can do is create any rules you like. Okay. And this is where the creative person assumes a sort of godlike uh, mm. role. And any creative work, whether it's a jazz solo or a piece of art, there's always a sense that it, it holds together, mm. right? That it's And there's a sense of intention. This is where we start to connect with maybe more deeper psychological and spiritual ideas. Um, if, you, if you don't mind, I'm gonna I'm gonna be creative here. Go creative okay. within the go, rules. We're going. That you're we're, we'll go out there. We're breaking the rules, baby. And <laughs> we're creating um, new rules. Uh, we're creating new rules, right? Um, where, where, where was it? Oh, the, the the joy. Though it can be a joy that involves a certain amount of pain along the way. Mm-hmm. The joy of creating things is that you discover who you are and you discover what you want. You discover what you think sounds good. You edit out all these things that are not inevitable, let's call them, that are extraneous and confusing. Just like you have all the confusion in your own head all the time. We're all this mess of thoughts and feelings and impulses. And by making something, you can make choices and say, okay, I'm going to go down this route. I'm going to follow this rule that I've created mm. that seems fruitful. And in so doing, you there's a sense of coherence in unity. And I would say a certain kind of calm that is assumed when you're, when you're doing that. And that's what other people pick up on too. In other words, let's take, I mean, jazz is a funny thing because so much jazz is so awful. Now, why is this? Why do people say, oh, jazz is so boring? Well, because a lot of it is really boring. Mm. Now, why is it boring? Because when, 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 a, when a player is unsuccessfully composing through this blueprint, it has a feeling like you can't follow it. Mm. And now, why can't you follow it? It might be that the performer's head themselves, their ear is not really directed Clearly, there isn't a sense of inevitability about it. The beginning of a creative project, and this also can inhibit people from being creative, they're, they're, the options are so vast as to be paralyzing. Mm. I mean, another way to think about what is creativity is making these, it is making decisions, which is what makes it so, you know, so painful at times. You're constantly making decisions. Do I want this or do I want that? Do I like this or do I like mm. that? Actually, you're doing that all the time. What do I like? So just that, because I spent some time, you know, ahead of the podcast looking at your website. Uh, and one of the things you state on your creative organization website is that creativity is the key to success in the 21st century. Um, yeah. So is this part of the reason why you're saying that it's all about making well, decisions or well it's about it's about it's about dealing with ambiguity dealing with ambiguity okay and which you know everything's changing we're hearing that all the time it is changing right um how do you deal with that uh, can you feel comfortable enough to move ahead when you don't mm-hmm. know what you're doing right i mean traditional corporate life is so well i mean obviously there it's all rules but usually incoherent rules, right? Which makes people crazy because they don't really know what the hell the rules are. I mean, I guess theoretically within those rules, one could be creative, but there's no, but, 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 but traditional corporate life has no room for ambiguity. Everything must be locked down and, and put into a, 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 a box and identified and put into a spreadsheet and so forth. Uh, this has its advantages, I think. I mean, to have a rational corporation, things it's a way to control things. Predictability. It's predictability. Predictability, and that has certain merits, but it is not good for creativity. 
Right. You know, I mean, we could talk about fear of failure and how that inhibits oh, the creative big. process. Totally. Right. I'm always worrying about failing. Right. And you I feel that in your I shouldn't worry about it. Right. Exactly. And then I <laughs> say I'm a fa- and, and then I feel like I'm a failure because I'm, why am I at this stage of my life? I've been very successful worrying about failing at creativity. And that's exactly. further proof of myself as a failure, you see. But I don't know if that's a human condition or something about our mm. current uh, society, but it seems like a lot of people are or feel like failures or worried about are worried about failing. That seems to come up a lot, at least. In yeah. I mean, I think that if someone has a drink or something, they'll probably right. get to it pretty quickly. Definitely. I'm sure there's a, there's a sort of a, a biological, deep psychological reason for that, but there's also a cultural reason, right? I the guess, way I our guess society, so. a whole school system that we've been f- told, you know, yeah. Yeah. And, and, and what is don't successful? Fail, don't. What is it successful? If other people like it, hmm. Yeah. And if they buy it, Correct. and if they don't, it's unsuccessful. If somebody with power tells you it's it's good, whether it's well, your parents or your it's, teacher it's, it's, or your customer. It's, it's, well, yeah, I mean, it's 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 a market economy, and the market speaks. And if the market says Beethoven sucks, Beethoven sucks. I mean, the data is in. Right, Beethoven sucks. Right, but if Beethoven created what he created, and nobody else ever listened to it. Would it be just as creative? This is like a tree, a tree falling in the forest. Exactly, right? He'd created it but never shared it with anybody. Would well, that... maybe in his own head it would be good. I mean, this is like, but why, why do it in the first place? I do it because, I don't know, I've been doing it for a long time. I like playing music. It brings me a certain satisfaction when I feel I'm playing well. I, I, occasionally I like performing. Increasingly, I don't give a damn. I'm actually increasingly, I, I'm not interested in sharing it with people. Yeah. It's for this whole idea of sharing everything with the world just doesn't seem to make any sense. Well, there's a lot anymore. of sharing going on. That's, that's There's too much sharing. We got to stop sharing and stop communicating and we'll be in much better shape. But this actually is not a trivial issue. No, it's I not. I think when you, if you create something and you share it with your, I don't know, someone who's close to you, mm. what I, ha- what I've ha- I have started doing is making these recordings that I share with my friends. Right. And I don't post it on Facebook. Or it's like there's something about no, I don't want to share it with the world. Mm, it's more authentic. Yeah. Well, I don't know if it's authentic. It's just like I I have a better shot that the people might actually listen to it. Right. Let's 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 focus on storytelling for a moment. Okay. Then we we'll swing back to creativity. Okay. Well, a little bit later. How, it, how it's, it's it's important. It's important. How, how it segues to, to to from what we've been talking about is this idea of intention. Mm. This idea of inevitability, the idea of a sort of logic of something that you can follow when you're telling the story, right? And um, I teach through the creative organization uh, business storytelling, and a lot of the basic principles I'm talking about now are in that are in that course. Uh, once again, if you're telling a story, I mean, there's the whatever about whatever it is about. I mean. Well, what is it about? That can be much tougher than you think mm. because you'll think it's about a lot of things, right? And all of those things seem like good things to talk about. But how do you connect them? Or maybe you should just focus on one of those things. What is your story? You know, this creative thing, is, it's about knowing yourself, it's like getting to know your own mind and to make decisions on what, what's, in, what's really important here Let's say you have a minute and a half to make a video. What is key? That's not easy. No. But when you nail it, you feel confident. You feel, okay, I've made my decision. And we can move ahead. And this is the story that I'm going to tell. Let's just say it's, I don't know, analyzing a bunch of data. Hmm. And what's the story within that data? Or, uh, I don't know, um, projecting out the timeline of a project. Is a kind of story that you're projecting out into the future. You have to envision it. You have to feel that one thing leads logically to the next thing. You might have to make priorities if you're managing in terms of where you're going to expend your budget and your time. Well, how do you, you know, that takes a certain amount of almost like sci-fi storytelling, right? You're, you're, you're creating stories about, about the future. Mm. So there's, there's, there's this whole bunch of technical things related to, to storytelling is what I'm hearing on the one hand. 
And then at some level, there's also something very human about it. Um, well, what, what do you mean by human? Well, I mean by human, uh, you know, it's, it's part of our essence. I think it was a guy called Will Storr um, wrote a book called The Science of Storytelling. Good name, Will um, Storr, The Science of Storytelling. Yeah, yeah, and saying that storytelling is an essential part of what makes us human. Well, we, we communicate in, in, hmm. in these things called stories, but the, the, even, the, it's, it's funny, when you, all, these, all these words, creativity, storytelling, they are big and broad. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are stories that we imagine like a fairy tale or a movie. Archetypes, yeah. But, but there are stories that, uh, I mean, someone like Noah Yuval Harari, the philosopher and historian, views things like, you know, money or capitalism as a story, some sort of unified system mm. that we all agree to. There's, there's nothing biological about the creation of money. It's a story. We all believe that a dollar is worth something. And as long as we believe that that dollar is worth something, we exchange it and all this stuff happens. People are motivated to do things because we believe in the story. The story has some sort of authority behind it. I guess, I don't know, the United States government. What, who the hell knows, right? Saying we're national <laughs> debt these days. <laughs> exactly. It's a story. So anyway, so there's, there's um, the word story can apply to a lot of things. In general, from my experience, since I see artists and of all media, working on whether it's photographers mm. or not just artists, I mean, Lawyers will say, you know, what's the story of the case? You know, what story are you going to tell? Or journalists and so forth. Once again, it has to do with some sort of coherent, logical system that has a sense of inevitability to it, or making sense of things. I think something that makes sense of things, Mm. we can call a story. Okay, so not everybody could necessarily be a master storyteller, but everybody can be a good storyteller, a better storyteller. Well, than they were everyone, everyone can be a good story, a better mm. storyteller, but it's about technique. Mm. You have to do it. Right. And so. it's not about being emotional. It's not about, well, I'm emotional. I'm going to say something emotional and be emotive when I talk to you. Nobody gives a damn about your emotions. What they, what, what they care about is their emotions. And 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 uh, and a well-crafted story is there to manipulate your emotions to make it emotional. You being emotional. This is where I think they mm. really get it wrong. Like on these websites about storytelling, be emotional. Well, first of all, not all business story to- business stories need to be emotional. It's just not true. But right. let's just assume it is true. Be emotional. Well. No, craft a story that is emotional. Mm. Uh, I mean, I, I see, I, I, uh, I like I, this, I, I, I like this. I, I, mm. I gave a course, I gave a course down in, for a large healthcare uh, system um, uh, in Florida, huge company. And I spent two days talking with their executives about just this. And, um, but they decided as an introduction, one of the executives, the younger ones, was going to tell a story and be emotional. Mm-hmm. And she just starts droning on and, you know, almost tearing up at times and stuff. But it was like, you know, I felt a little sad, but it was like really boring. I mean, uh, I, I, it's just like, just you, you, you feeling emotional is not going to translate to anyone. Now, it's this, there's nothing wrong with feeling emotional. It's a nice thing, right? but it ain't a story. Right. It's not the key to performance. So there's another quote I'll make to you by somebody called Regina Freeman. So Regina was saying, and she's talking about the power of storytelling for learning specifically. Uh, and she said that we are all born preloaded to be great storytellers. What we need to do is to develop the performative skills to do it in public, which comes in my mind, like things like choreography, hard work, right? This is not being emotive for being emotive, but it's understanding the audience. And oh, oh, well, okay. so, 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 so that's another layer on this. I mean, how you'd actually deliver, let's mm. say you were delivering your presentation, how you're telling your story live. Mm. But once again, 
unless the words, unless the story is emotional, it doesn't matter how emotional you are. If it's a boring story, it's a boring story. I mean, you might be able to, you know, make it seem a little better with a good, with a good performance. Right, but what I'm trying to say, I think for me, it's the other way around. I mean, I think the it's the audience perceive it as creative and emotional at that point, but the performer would often be in a state of actually being in the rules, right? If you're a, you're part of a, a band or a, a ballet troupe, right? You're not right. necessarily being emotional at that point. You are being. Oh no! Oh no! When I'm horn. wailing on the horn, it's an, a, a sense of absolute stillness mm. inside. Right, and that's maybe what people don't necessarily connect to, because the experience is so different from either side. Well, they want that. This gets back to the original thing. They want that emotional, free, human, whatever, that juicy mm. experience. You know, right, but you have to be focused and you have to be totally calm inside to give that. You your job as the creative person is to get that happening in your audience. It's not to feel it; it's mm. to get it happening. Now, assume you have the kind of story that will move people. I mean. Mm. You know, like I say, there are certain stories we read them in the newspaper all day. They're not meant there to 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 move us. Uh, they might anger us or delight us, but they are there to basically um, clearly put forth the information and uh, organize in a certain way. And there, the big storytelling decision is what you write is the headline. Mm. And um, but anyway, to, but to to the larger point. Okay, so people think I want to be creative. Oh, it must be nice to be creative. And I think they imagine. You kind of sit around and it's, you kind of feel free and no one's yelling at you. Uh, you have no boss. And it's kind of easy. When for me, and like everyone I know does this for a living, it's kind of the opposite. A lot of times you're sitting around like you have no ideas, you have self doubt, you know, a deadline, you're procrastinating. Mm. Um, and then you get down to work. I mean, it's, like work works. It's work. I mean, yeah. It's and and by the way, you don't have to take my word for it. Just go on YouTube and go to any of those guys talking about like screenplay writing or any of these arts. Any of them, they're all going to say the same thing. There's nothing original about what I'm saying. Mm. You work at it, so you have to want it bad enough to do the work. And this goes back to my point: you don't have to be creative. You can live a good life not creating anything. You can enjoy the creations of others. It's yeah. good. That, I, I, I don't even know where this whole we're supposed to be creative thing like, like comes from. I mean, it's some Nietzsche or something? Like it's, it's, sure it partly came from your words, David, when you said it was the key to success in the 21st century. Well, that's a question of, <laughs> that, that, that has to do with culture, but I did not say it's the key, it's the only key to, to satisfaction in life. Right. No, definitely not. But maybe the key to success and people are being driven by success in many ways. Well, yeah, yeah, so, but I mean, it's yes. You, I think the robots it, are going to take it, yes. your job if you're not creative, right? Well, yes. Okay. Now, once again, I think we're we're coming to a sort of an, another sort of meaning in creativity, and that has to do with this. As as much as I've, as much as I've sort of made fun of the sort of I'm free, I'm creative. There is a little bit of that temperament and let me make that distinction mm, and i think please. this will be key for your listeners it's not about talent it's about temperament okay it's about i happen to have always been very comfortable saying talking a lot and saying stupid stuff and enjoying others who do the same and being kind of playful with it it has gotten me into a lot of trouble at times. It has made me just the worst person to have in certain parts of organizations. Uh, but it has its benefits. Um, and part of it is, at least over the long run, I'm comfortable enough with being uncomfortable and, and, and being um, not knowing where I'm going. And I have the faith of years of experience succeeding, getting through that to move ahead and to create these little objects that are of value to other people and at times even move them emotionally. 
Now, can that be taught? Mm-hmm. Um, I think so, because I've, I've been able to do it in my uh, courses. When people feel in an atmosphere where they're trusted and it's okay, and I say, if you, in one of the exercises we do, if you can't write a good story, write a bad story. I even do an exercise like, it's not bad enough. Let's make it worse. Uh, once again, not an original idea. Kenny Werner, the great jazz pianist, talks about that. If you can't write a good composition, write a bad composition. None of these things that I'm saying, and I think mm. this should be encouraging to your listeners. Yeah. These are not eccentric ideas. These are not breakthrough ideas. Talk to anyone who's a master or, or you know, very good, a professional at mm. what they're doing in these creative fields. And you will hear the exact same, same thing. So, so you can learn the temperament to some well, degree. You can, I mean, you can get better at it. You can have to be in an environment. First sure. of all, this is, this is the rub with contemporary corporations. Mm. You have to be able to say stupid things. If you're working with, let's say with a partner and it's very good to work with a partner mm. with your creative work. You have to be, well, I mean, between corporations, always been work, walking on eggshells. Right. And with the latest you know, iteration of, the, of, of, of political correctness, I don't see how it's possible to do anything creative in a corporation these days. Because you're afraid of saying something that someone might be offended by. Mm. It, it, it can't happen. Right. But it can happen for you on a personal level. I mean, maybe scientific innovation works differently, mm. but if you're coming up with stories, if you're coming up with ideas, if you're in marketing, if you're any of these kind of verbal creative fields, you have got to be able to say dumb things. Once again, not my idea. John Cleese has a whole lecture on this. Mm. Uh, on, it's all on YouTube. Once again, just merely confirmation of what I'm saying. Yeah. You have got to say stupid stuff <laughs> to be funny. <laughs> and that's going to be offensive. That's okay. Yeah. I, almost by definition, it's going to yeah. offend somebody. And okay. you're going to feel stupid. And nobody wants to look stupid in a corporation. They're mm. spending most of their energy pretending that they're really smart, which usually yeah. means pretending that they're really uptight, which is some kind of equation with being with being smart. But that's that's for another podcast. <laughs> that is definitely it. That is <laughs> we definitely got a lot of, it. We're generating a lot of podcasts. we got a whole new ideas. series. You see what I mean? Here. See what I mean? You that's just start creative. talking. Yeah. The, then you, the next thing you know, you have all these new ideas. I've got a whole new series coming up. Got a whole new so series. Much. And yeah. I will quote you in each of the episodes. I, 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 thank you. Thank Don't you. Don't worry about that. Don't worry about that. So <laughs> if we swing back just to the two key words that we wanted to do today joy right and storytelling okay right so the question that perhaps my listeners are still thinking to some degree is how can storytelling influence my life for, to the better how okay can it great make my life great question joyful these are these are the questions of really big philosophical questions but i'll take a stab because you gotta stab. start somewhere there's no wrong or right answer exactly we live in a story each of us. I mean, we tell a story about ourselves. Mm, I like oh, I'm, it. I'm a, I, I'm, I, I'm a musician, but I'm not a, I can't draw. Right? Mm. Uh, we tell a story about our country. Okay. I mean, the, the story, look at what's going on in the United States right now. It's a battle of two different stories mm. about the founding of the nation and the basic purpose of the nation. We live in a story religiously, if you hold it, or by not having religion. I'm one of those people who doesn't have religion. I don't believe that. I believe this. Right. And what do these stories do? Stories perform a number of functions. They help us make sense of the world. And that could be a scientific story that explains, I mean, uh, I mean Newton, Newton and Kepler, they created a story about how the planets work. <laughs> it's a good story for most, for most phenomenon. But then we also have stories that tell us how to behave and how to live and how to love and what a relationship should be like <coughs> and, and, and literature. Right. But if we uh, what I love what you said at the beginning, right, of this little part was that our life is a story. A story. 
Row, row, row your boat gently down the stream. Merrily, right. merrily, 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 life is but a dream. It's true. It's true. It's heavy. It's, that's, like, that's, like the that's all you need so to know. Hard. Why did we that's wait 55 it. It. minutes to get we to We just this. ended right here. Folks, just go row, row, sing, row, row, row your boat like 10 times right. and you're fine. Watch out for the crocodile. Jo- joy just, just will just, you know. Wash over you. We live in a story, yes, and we're constantly tweaking right. our story. And we are we're, creators we're being... of our own story. Well, to some extent, yeah. And 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 um, I mean, in theory, you should be able to, you know, feeling depressed, just change the story. Change you know, story. I'm not, I'm not an unemployed loser. I'm a fascinating person who's marching to the beat of his own drummer. Right. Now, uh, why not? Why not? That's right? A story. right. And I think, I think when people. Um, you know, when people have done various sorts of talking therapy and psychoanalysis, I think in many ways, the goal is to adjust or at least for them to recognize the story that they're telling themselves. And it is to some degree malleable. I mean, uh, Joseph Campbell had talked about, especially for, for your, you know, uh, mature uh, listeners, that as you get older, I know this is, this is, happened for me, you tend to think that your life has kind of followed an arc of some sort, that there was some sort of, almost some sort of logic to it or plan. Maybe you don't like the logic of it. Or or you can be in another situation. It doesn't feel like there's been any plan. It's felt random. Usually that's accompanied by a bad feeling. Right, but if you feel there, there's some logic to this. I did this, and then I did this, and I met this person. It was meant to be, right? People use, oh, there was seem to be a reason for it. Well, this is why we create these meta stories of like how to live and what are we supposed to be doing and what happens when we die. We're living in a story, man. You know, <clears throat> we project these stories. Oh well, if I if these podcasts are successful, everyone will know about it and it'll be the, you know, the hottest thing. We're just living in this dream. And I mean, I mean, just it's, imagine it's, everybody going to work tomorrow, singing row, row, row your boat. Well, that's, you know, that's, that's, my new that, story. that's what it is. And different and different cultures promote a different <laughs> story on, on what the good life is mm. and who are the characters, who are the heroes and, in, in that story today, I guess it's the entrepreneur, right? Who's sort of technical, whose technical prowess is the is the hero of a lot of the success stories. The, the, the guy who quit Harvard, like Mark Zuckerberg, right? Or, or Gates. Mm. That's a quintessential success story, right? They stuck it to the man. They didn't need Harvard and they went off on their own and they created empires it's a bit of a cowboys it's an american mm. cowboy story there um anyway and this 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 influences us and we we absorb these so we absorb the stories that we learned as kids from our parents right and that's part of the thing right so life it's it's not just one story it's a myriad of stories right happening yes, all the time happening so. on top of each other um some are parallel some are going all over the place but within that maelstrom of stories you are totally free to select your own stories whether you listen to the story of the media whether you listen to the story of your parents technically you are free free. well this is you know this is a very existential position Hmm. you know i mean i guess you are you are free but the thing is when the story collapses the 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 you collapse or the society collapses. I mean, that's right. what, that's what happened in the Soviet so Union. So there is this, risk the communism. And there is responsibility for taking responsibility for your own story as well. I was, yeah, sure, sure, but it's like risk. Like you can have you can have a story about who you are in your life, and then something happens. Maybe you have an injury, or just something, or you have a tragedy mm. in your life, and suddenly you're lost. When in fact, I mean, you might, you might, you might be fine physically, you might be fine financially, mm. but you're lost. Well, why are you lost? Because your story isn't adding up. You got to create a new story, or a new story will 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 emerge. This happens in societies. Right. We're having trouble now in the West thinking whether democracy is a good story. Yeah. It's okay. just a story. It's just a story, and but it, it's, it's a story that that we all mm. that has rules. 
And, and and we all buy into the story. We all collectively say that works. I we told well, the Roman Empire was a bad story. So we were told. Well, we're, yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Now, this is a much broader, like mm. I said, these words, creativity, story, all these are very broad topics. And this is a much more meta kind of understanding of the word mm. as opposed to the other side of you know how, how one technically crafts. But they're connected, story. David. I see they're connected because in the same way that you could teach somebody to tell a better story in their business presentation using those same skills, they could perhaps create a better story for a more joyful life through yeah, the same I mean, circumstances. I, I, mean, I, I think what I really help people yeah. do is help them understand who they are and what they want. Right. And that's the when key you, to joy. Isn't when, it? Uh, it's the key. Well, that's well. We can get into the meaning of joy as as another one of the another podcast. podcast where I got that down. Episode twenty seven. But, but as a, as a, as a place setter, yes. You know, I think you are. Um, one is at least I know in my own life that when I feel kind of like know what I believe about something or know where I'm going, uh, I feel better, more capable of exuberance, and certainly more confident just moving. Head. And that's usually, it's a story in my head, right? But I mean, this gets to business too. I mean, leadership, I mean, if you're leading yourself or you're leading others, it's a kind of suspended communication and story. Correct. And that is really getting to know your own mind. Ah. Right? And, the, and the way you get to know your own mind is a creative act, what I would call this. this, this. So you see, this learning this creative stuff is even if you're never going to make a symphony or a, a flower bouquet or, or a TikTok video or whatever it is, learning to operate in this way has tremendous benefits, which is I really think what the better of my course is. Right. It really does get down into your psychology what do you really want? Who are you? It's damn hard. It, well, especially because there's a difference, you know, as a lot of our listeners will know when they talk about, well, I think I know what my mind wants. I maybe al almost know what my heart wants, uh -huh. but I've got no idea what my soul wants. Right. So there's okay. also that level of, of story. You know, because it would be that the story for your soul is a different story than the story for your mind, like your ego as such. And they conflict with each other. They're, they're telling you to do right. different things, right? right? right. One's right. telling you right. you should go to work every day because we need the money, because we got to pay the bill next month, right? And it's right. driving you down that rational road of <laughs> safety. Right. Whereas maybe this other story could take you somewhere else, liberate you in a different direction or not. Or, or not, not, right? Because it mean, could be full of not. risk. I mean, and it could be, well, it could yeah, be a really dangerous but, but place. But for example, if you have, if you feel comfortable with, okay, I'm a risk taker. I know this is going to, could cost me. And I know that's really what I want. But by the way, I, I, I don't know if everyone even gets, if even, a minority of people get there in life. This might be really what a successful life is. As long as we're talking about success, right. is I mean, I guess what the hell else is there? Knowing who you are. Yeah. I mean, and it, so, but what I posit here is that this general activity that we call creativity. Mm. Okay, this is a nice way they can pull it together and make it less crazy and abstract. A more joyful life is dependent on knowing your own mind or you knowing your own mind. know thyself, but really knowing it, okay? Like all things considered, I want this. The process through which one arrives at that understanding, I would call a creative process. And it is analogous to the process that one goes through when crafting a story or a musical composition or an advert or an advert, anything else, any artifact, it doesn't really matter mm. that the process is the same. It involves a great deal of going around in circles when you don't really know what you want. It ultimately requires a tremendous amount of editing mm. and throwing out things that are not relevant right now. In Hollywood, there's an expression 
hold. It's time to kill the little darlings. Whenever you have a film, there's just wonderful shots or pieces. I find this even in sometimes when I do research films and I've, and I've spoken to, I've done interviews with consumers. Yeah. They'll just say this fantastic thing. Oh, that's going in the film. Of course, that's going. we're going to open with that. That's fantastic. You might have a whole bunch of them. But as you craft your story, you find out that's really great. Mm-hmm. But it's not part of this story. It's not part of the story. Yeah. And it really hurts. But you're so attached mm-hmm. to it. You got an emotional attachment. Oh, this is the greatest thing. And I got that reaction out of, out of that person. I'm a fantastic director. All this stuff gets thrown in there. But, and everyone has this on every project. And therefore, it's become somewhat of a cliche. When you're cutting a film, just go, it's time to kill the little darlings. Mm-hmm. Something that you might be very emotionally attached to. Researchers and, are very bad at that. You know, we can do PowerPoint slideshows with like 200. Well, slides. most corporate people are like that. I mean, that's a whole, that's another podcast that, that lists, that, that list making versus. Uh... Right. But part of that is about not for a researcher. I remember myself, you know, we would uncover these insights that weren't relevant to the story, but we as researchers, right. we loved them. Right. Well, we by wanted, the way, uh, they can have value. They, and they should be, they should be in your report. They should, but they shouldn't they should be, be the main story if you're an executive search. You can say, and, and by the way, there's or they might lead to yet another story. They could but do. when you come down to people's life, mm. so I think there's an analogy here with the killing the little darlings. We get attached to stories about ourselves. We do. We were told them maybe when we were young. Uh, we've told them to ourselves. They've maybe worked for us. Um, your conception of, oh, I'm a funny guy, let's say, right? Or, or whatever, whatever the story is. Um, or I'm not creative. That's a story. And usually you do them because somehow they work on some emotional level. Maybe not being creative keeps you from having to deal with the pain of being creative. Uh, <laughs> so it's work. But, but then they're, they're in transition periods in our lives, those stories no longer work. They no longer, they don't seem Mm. to actually do the job of explaining the universe to us or your own inner universe and helping us to know how we're supposed to live and behave. And that's when we have these crisis points, I think, in our lives. Mm. But there's a way out. And that's changing the story. Now, you, it, I don't think you can arbitrarily change it to, to anything you want. But, I mean, getting back to your existential, mm. uh, clearly a man of, the, of, of Sartre and Camus, a uh, French existential, that it's just a choice and you just kind of mm. create it. Um, to a much greater degree than we think. I mean, that's all I'm saying, right? It's not infinite, right? We're not going to say today I'm going to go to Mars and you can just bump no. onto the ship with Jeff Bezos. Um, no. Unless you've got $50 million, apparently, then you can do that. Yeah, well, um, but otherwise, it's... Well, are, are we from there? There you go. There's another, there's another podcast episode. Are we freer than we think? Definitely. I mean, that is a great question. Um it is. I don't know. It is. But I think, you know, drawing uh, I, I would back... like to think so. I would like to think so. Yeah. I think we, in some respect, our story says that if we don't think so, there's a risk that we won't live to our full potential. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That, and right. that's our that choice a... again. And that's our choice again. Do we want to do that? And the risks involved, or do we want to? Right, right. Or maybe, maybe you don't want to live to your no. true potential because when you find out yeah. what you get, when you've actually realized your potential, it might be pretty mediocre. Right. I mean, yeah. I, mean I, I have a theory about well, that too. There is. That... So I could tell you about golf, right? right? Why do most people leave their putts short of the hole? Because they haven't failed. They always say to themselves, if I just hit it a bit harder, it would have gone in. Right. I mean, right? That's, but if you've right. missed, if you've gone past the hole, you've missed, right? And it was, well, you, right. You I mean, the, the, the great tragedy in life might not be not realizing your potential. The right. great tragedy might actually be in realizing your potential. <laughs> this true, uh, they, which they is could, another podcast. There episode. is a oh, man, we've got so many podcasts we, yeah, man, going. Yeah. For this one, I see, I have a conclusion which says to me, 
Uh-huh. But, and this is going to be a, an awful injustice to everything you said over Go there. for it. But if I'm thinking about creativity, right. I'm thinking about storytelling, I see three key elements that have come to my mind. One is the need to lose this fear of failure. One is to lose attachment. Yeah. And the third one is to do the hard work. Yeah. And they're all related. I think fear of failure is kind of your, it's attaching to some image of some story of you being successful on some imagination of what it will look like the story when you fail. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. And the work. Oh, absolutely. Now, is it painful work? Sometimes, sometimes it's, it's joyful work. It's fun work. Hmm. Uh, uh, so I don't mean, it's not like, but you have to, you have to do it. You have to learn the scales, to, right? You, you have, have to scales. do it. And you'll start to find that it's a great pleasure practicing your I still practice C major scale every day and I've been doing it since I've been eight years old. I mean, it, it, it just gets deeper and more interesting. But, but the, the, you, you, have to, you have to acquire technique. Hmm. I mean, either you can play the violin or you can't. You know, I remember I had a teacher early on who said that. I, I had this crazy idea. I said, well, you know, um, something, something like, uh, oh, it's, it's, you know, musically I'm, ad- I'm advanced, but I'm not advanced technically enough. He said, what are you talking about? It's the same thing. You can do it or you can't. Your musicianship is your technique. Mm-hmm. Right? So anyway, I'm a, so with that said, um, uh, yeah, you have to learn something. And there's a joy in that. And there's joy, believe it or not, in repeating things. The way you learn things is you practice. Another podcast episode, The Power of Practice, you practice it. You do it by rote. A a, a way of learning that is really looked down upon these days. You, you, um, uh, you, You repeat things, you own them. You own that knowledge. What? Exactly. But then you stop thinking about it and you own it. It's your knowledge. Mm. It's not this knowledge that's out there on Google. Right. You own it. And then you can start to be free. Talk about freedom. Mm. This and the 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 I would say the promise, the the really upside of being creative or creating things and making things. When you're doing it, there are times when you get into this flow heard that thing the flow state flow that's what people want the flow exactly and that's when they say creativity that's sort of what they're imagining Hmm. right yes that can happen but it takes technique right the technique has to be automatic in a way yeah then you forget about it Hmm. When, when, when i'm really wailing and i'm playing my best I'm not thinking about anything, nothing. I'm just kind of listening. Uh, I mean, in, in, in its best moments, in its best moments, you are, and once again, I'm not the only one who has described it this way. You are almost outside of yourself observing the music going through you. It's a wonderful feeling it is. It feels spiritually um, dense, uh, meaningful. That something true is occurring, and that is what propels me to keep on practicing my right. scales. So, have you ever played the drums, David? <coughs> yes, I have played the drums, you have and played uh, the drums. Uh, I mean a little bit. But talk about talent. Okay, mm. here's one. I'm I, I'm a pretty good musician on the saxophone. I got good time, which is a very important aspect of playing music, your sense of being able to hold the time and, and be solid within time. Uh, yet I'm not so good at the, the piano. Does that mean I'm not a good musician? My time is great on the sax. Play the congas, it's not so great. What mm. happened to my musicianship? I'm a shitty musician on the congas. I'm a brilliant one on the sax at times. What happened? That suddenly I became a bad musician? No, it has something to do. I have a technique on the sax, and I don't have it on the uh, 
You see what I mean? But maybe so, 10,000 hours later, you could be a good bongos player. Oh, absolutely. Oh, oh and, and another thing to encourage your, if, if anyone's designed to go down any route, it happens faster than you think. Like, yeah, maybe you need the 10,000 hours, which I actually think is a little bit like short. I think mm. you need about five times as much, but... But it's like anything, as you get up towards the 10,000, 20,000 hour, the returns are marginal. They get smaller and smaller. Mm. They become more and more significant if you're operating at the highest level of people who can appreciate that subtlety. But if you're learning any of these other things, I mean, you will, you know, with, if you practice something for a month, two months, you will get somewhere and, and you will be able to do something. I mean, if you decided... Uh, maybe someone says, oh, I want to write. I don't know what to write about. I just have this vague sense that I want to write, which is, I'm sure where a lot of people are there. I don't know. I want to express myself. We'll start writing. Henry Miller, one of our great writers, said, I write to find out what it is I want to write about. He was no slouch. Mm. I find that very, very encouraging for me when I get into dumps or I lose my confidence. Just move ahead. Just do whether you want to call it the work or the process. Trust the process mm -hmm. and it will take you somewhere. And so now we're getting into areas of faith and trust, of trusting yourself and a little bit of thick skin almost. I'm just going to keep doing it here for, for listeners who are writers. Here's a, something you can do right now. If you're writing on your laptop, put a towel over the screen. Don't see what you're writing mm. and just go for 10 minutes. Nice. Now that's separate. And then you might want to go back to it. So what mm. do I have here? I like that sentence. <clears throat> I like that. Well, maybe that thought was good, but I can write it differently, but separate your generative, making a mess side of things from your judgmental. And by the way, it's mm -hmm. good to be judgmental. You should be strictly judgmental. But like I said in the beginning, those rules, the rules around which you are being judgmental are developed as you go. Right. And as you get closer and closer to your concept, oh, I know what my ideal is. This is what I'm aiming mm -hmm. for. Not that thing that I thought yesterday. It's this thing, that other thing that I thought yesterday, that's another story. I'm going to do that another time. But the, and then you start getting even stricter about your, you become more judgmental mm. in the best sense of the word. You are choosing towards an ideal. Uh, but these two, these two um, activities, both of which are equally important to being creative, are, um, you have to Figure out a way and it's a sequence, right? But but it's also sequence. Can you? I, I don't think you can do it the other way, can you? Can you start you with the judgmental well, can, and then go mad at well, the you end? Can, you, you can start with rules and just see what happens. I mean, uh, I think uh, Errol Morris and his film up with McNamara. What was it called? Or was it the one, the, the one with Rumsfeld? He said, "I just made up a bunch of rules on how I was going to interview him, and then just stuck to them religiously to see how it goes." Mm. A bit like my what, podcast what with you, right? There you go. <laughs> there you go. Um, okay, so we're going to go anyway. with you can do it either way, but don't mix them up. Well, I don't know how. Well, can you mix them up? It's, it's, it's going to be, you're going to start somewhere. You write something down. And when I do this stuff, when I have a creative problem, I and it involves words, I will um, put a document up on my computer. Uh, I don't put a... Uh, a, a a, a, a towel over it, though I have on, at times, and I just start free associating stuff, and most of it's just absolute garbage, and I'm like, it's bad ideas from years ago that are still, I mean, they've come up on every assignment, and I've rejected them for decades, and they're like these old friends, oh, there you are again, nice to see you, you sucked 20 years ago, you suck today, how you doing, how's the family, and you you start going and, you know, maybe then you lose steam. You have this initial blast where you feel it's all going to be great. Then you kind of lose steam. And 
you know, what do you do then? Oh, I suck. This is going nowhere. Those silences are something to learn how to negotiate. Mm. Uh, you just barrel down. I mean, some people say the secret to creativity is being able to sit in your chair. And uh, that's also applied to I mean, Einstein apparently had great uh, capacity for that. Mm-hmm. To I literally just stay there and, and, and work it out. I got a great pain threshold. But um, seek, you know, seek and you shall find, seek you know, just, you, find. you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's true. It's true. And that's where the joy comes. Mm. I mean, look at us here, and we started, you know, with our talk, and then we started getting deeper into it. And now it's really, really rolling, you know. And uh, uh, you just got to kind of go, go for it, you know. But I don't know if the corporation is the place where you can do that. Um, yeah, who knows whether the corporation is going to be in the future the place to be. Well, we yeah. shall see, and that's another question. Maybe that's another. Well, question. I guess with ever working from home, it's it's becoming a more abstract. I and mean, it's always a well, there. You got to talk about a story. There's nothing in nature that has a, that. There's no biological origin of corporations. It's a story we tell ourselves that the that gets us all together, working together around the world. Around the, it's like you know what I mean. It's really abstract when you think about it. But it's also the perfect control mechanism. There you go. Well, th- there's another podcast. There's another podcast. Oh, corporations, the perfect control mechanism. You know, depends where you are, where you are in the pyramid. I guess. It's, right, right, right. <laughs> when when it's working your way, it's great, and there's no politics, right? Oh, it's just merit. Yes. When it's not working your way, it's like this place is so political. Exactly. <laughs> and we're going to save that one for another time, David. And I think um, okay. we're going to wrap this one up and okay. <clears throat> say, you know, it's been a blast talking with you today. Man. It's been fun, right? We had yeah. a good time. And I hope your listeners, uh, you know, enjoyed this and give them something to think about. I, you know, just just go and do it, as the commercial says, you know, just do if you feel that inkling like you got something to say. And you don't know what it is. You'll find it out by uh, by making something. Um, you'll find you'll find out what, what's yeah. That's the way you find it out by making something. Yeah, and I think the opposite that if you don't, at least then you're certain that you won't. Right, right, right. Now, so like I say, some people might be able to. This is not the only way to discover no. oneself, uh, you know, uh, but it's. Um, I think those of your listeners who want want to be, say they just vaguely sense I want to be more creative, uh, they know who they are. Hmm. And I would just say, you know, turn the podcast off and start making something and don't worry if it's any good or not. Well, if you're going to do that. Because you don't even know what's good. that's, That's the point. You don't even know what's good or bad when you start out. You discover the rules as you go along. You discover that the... The metrics of what is good and bad as you're making the thing. That's what's so cool about it. And that's why it's so different from anything else people work on, like in business. Well, and that's in, that's yeah. a challenge. If ever I heard a challenge, so we always like a good challenge. We so, like a good challenge. So yeah. we're gonna say to everybody who's listening to the podcast, your challenge is your ch- go your make something. <laughs> and Tell us what it is. Put it on social media with the with the hashtag Joy Superpowers. Joy we'll pick superpowers. up on it and we shall see what you all come up with in terms of creativity. So last question, David, before okay. I let you go. All right. And this is a one sentence question. What brings you joy? Playing the horn and talking to people. A conversation. Good conversation. I mean, the both of us, we like to talk. We do. Okay? It is, it is a great pleasure, and I think I really appreciate this now because of the pandemic, to find someone who you can talk to, whether it's about just ideas you have or your personal things, and it can be like we're having here, we can be playful, and we go from one idea to the next. And you know when those greatest conversations, you can talk for hours with someone, you you're kind of circling around themes. Maybe you come back to themes and then you go out to the edge. You get into areas where neither of you really know what you're talking about. Mm. But it's kind of interesting because you learn that neither of you know what you're talking about, but you kind of know a little bit. And 
Yes, uh, that brings me joy. Uh, cat animals, animals bring me joy. I yes. like. Look, we got anyway. three things, right? We got the we sex. Got three. We got so animals. Just conversation. Conversation. There you go. That's all you need. That's all we need. Three <laughs> things in life. All the best things come. So, David, thank you so much. Um, <laughs> I learned a lot from just listening to you and i'm sure our listeners did too so thank you so much for being well thank you for having me andrew it was a real blast and i wish everyone the very best of luck go out there make something you'll like it we'll do it the superpower of storytelling the superpower of creativity you heard it david intrater thank you very much and a big thanks to you, our listeners. i hope you enjoyed listening to my chat with david on the art and science of creativity and storytelling if you're interested in finding out more about David and what he's up to, please check out his websites, www.smarterstorytelling.com and www.thecreativeorganization.com. And if you want to explore the cool things David is doing with the sacks, please visit www.davidintrater.com sacks. I hope you feel inspired and empowered by my chat with David today to explore and develop your own creativity and use the joy superpower of storytelling to add some more joy to your own life as well as to the lives of others. If so, why not hop onto social media and using the hashtag joy superpowers, share how storytelling is bringing you joy. And if you don't already do so, please follow our recently created social media account, The Art and Science of Joy, which you can find on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn. So come and join the conversation and help spread the joy. Thanks once again for listening. And I hope you tune in next week for the next episode of the Art and Science of Joy podcast. Thank you.